What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to hear you out, listen to your heart, pray with your questions, and then hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You send me three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from Catholic morality to Catholic spirituality, justice, charity, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, relationship advice, whatever. Any of these questions and all these questions are all okay because the reality is this. Your life, my life, our lives are really messy. And so sometimes whenever we're confronted with these issues with regards to these questions, we might not be able to find a Catholic fill-in-blank, easy-to-go-to response. And so the purpose of this show is for me to accompany you, to just simply accompany you in encountering Jesus so that Jesus Christ can speak his truth to you. I will pray with your questions that you send me. I will hopefully study a lot about the questions that you send me to respond in such a way that's helpful for you. But the reality is this, I'm broken, I'm imperfect, I'm a sinner. And so there's going to be times that I try to answer your questions with the heart of Christ and as a son of the church, but I might not answer your question well, so I apologize in advance. I repent if I give you any advice that is not helpful for you to become a virtuous, holy, awesome saint. However, if the advice that I do share with you is helpful, then I want to encourage you to lean into it, even if it's difficult to ask God to give you the grace to respond in such a way that you will be able to grow and mature in your walk toward Jesus the Christ. Uh, you, If you're a first-time listener, then I want to invite you to email me your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. That's askfrjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can email me your questions, your concerns, your comments, and your critiques. I will take it all. You can also rate and review us on iTunes, which helps other people discover the show and to see what it's all about. Today's show, our topics are about the afterlife. Is it true that if we're once saved, we're always saved? The other question is, how can I quit smoking? I'm thinking it's about cigarettes. That's I'm going to respond as if this is smoking cigarettes and not smoking that green ganja or marijuana or Mary J or whatever it is that the kids call it these days. And the final question is about working mothers. How do we both be a good mother and a wife and also work in the world? Before we uh, get jumping into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So the, the first glory story for today is this. Years ago, I did this retreat and I got to uh, spend some time with this priest. His name is Monsignor John Essef. Monsignor John Essef, he's this holy, holy priest from up north. His, uh, I think his spiritual director was Padre Pio. And anyways, he's, just, he's super legit and for years, I'd heard of about Monsignor John Essif, and I wanted to meet him and pray with him. And so I got to spend some time praying with him back in maybe it was 2010, I think. And one of the, the core teachings that he tried to get through my head and into my heart was that I am the body of Jesus. He would always ask the question, who are you? Who are you? Because he really fundamentally believed that if we believe that we really are Jesus's body on earth today, and we are Jesus, right? Um, then we would act like that. We would allow him to act in and through us. We would think with his mind and speak with his mouth and act with his actions. Um, 
But the reality is so many of us don't believe that. In, in the scriptures, in Acts, whenever Saul was persecuting the Christians and Jesus Christ went to Saul and appeared to him, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting those believers? Or Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting the Christians? Or Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my disciples? Or Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting the church? He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because Jesus Christ identifies himself with his body. The two have become one flesh. He espoused himself to the church. We are one with Christ. We are his body. St. Teresa of Avila teaches that we, he has no body on earth now but ours. We're the hands and the feet and the eyes and the voice of Christ. The problem is many of us don't act like it. And because we don't act like it, so many people in the world don't see Jesus in us who call ourselves Christians, and they reject Christianity because of us. I think that's what Gandhi said, right? He said something similar to this. Uh, I would be a Christian if it weren't for you Christians. <laughs> because many of us aren't a joyful witness to the gospel. Many of us are very unattractive when it comes to proclaiming Jesus with our lives. Saint uh, Pope Paul VI, who I think is going to be canonized, Saint Paul VI pretty soon, he, he said that the world today does not listen to to teachers anymore. The world listens to witnesses. And if, in fact, the world listens to a teacher, it's because that teacher was first and foremost a witness. Christ wants us to be the witness of his body on earth. And so Monsignor, Monsignor Esif would always try to get me and everyone that walked with him to really believe that we are the body of Jesus. And so my glory story is, I just did a funeral this past week, and one of my parishioners, uh, she was a holy woman. And she was a beautiful example of someone who really was the body of Jesus. Like she knew that she was espoused to Jesus and that she was one with Jesus and that she was called to manifest Jesus in the world. And it was just such a beautiful funeral. She lived her life for Jesus. She served the poorest of the poor. I mean, she lived at Matthew 25. I mean, she fed people. She welcomed strangers. Like when her mom was in the hospital, she slept on the floor for two weeks to be with her mom and suffer with her. And while she was in the hospital, she met this guy who was in town from Texas. He was in Louisiana to visit a family member, and he didn't know anybody. So she welcomed him to her family while he was down here and took care of him and fed him. And just completely she lived out Matthew 25. And she was faithful to the Eucharist and faithful to praying the rosary and just a beautiful witness of Jesus she not only lived Jesus's life, but she uh, she died a death like Christ. I mean, she suffered a lot, and toward the end of her life, uh, you know, she 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 struggled with cancer, and it was so beautiful giving her the last rites. And um, a few days before I gave her the last rites, I went to go anoint her, and and I asked her to suffer well, right? uh, and, and and she agreed that she would suffer well uh, for me and for all of us at our church. And then just a few short days later, she. She suffered her last, and it was so beautiful because as she prepared to enter into eternity, she literally, uh, it was so beautiful. She, I can cry talking about it. She was like laying on her hospital bed in the shape of a cross, and she was in pain. She was crucified with Jesus. It was the most beautiful death. It was so, it was so beautiful. God bless her. God bless her and her, her husband as well, holy man, and just a gift to our church. And so she really lived Jesus, and she's one of those people that um, helped other people believe in the gift of the church uh, because she manifested his life. And so I want to invite you to reflect upon that question, who are you?
Who are you? You are the body of Jesus. Now go and manifest Jesus to the world. That's my first glory story. So shout out to my parishioner who, uh, who passed away with, this, with the sacraments this past week. Um, also, other glory story is my book is coming out on Thursday, September the 13th. Thursday, September the 13th, Broken and Blessed, an invitation to my generation is coming out. This is a book that is, is really geared toward people who are Catholic but struggling with remaining in the Catholic Church or they've already left the Catholic Church. But it can be helpful for all of us to um, better receive the love of Jesus Christ in the midst of the mess of our lives and then also uh, learn how, with Christ, we can love the church in the midst of the church's mess, the body of Christ, each other. All of us are really broken and imperfect. And so hopefully I give you some tools to not only let Jesus love you, but allow him to love others in and through you as well and reform others, specifically the church he founded 2,000 years ago through your witness. So that book is available at ascensionpress.com. Pick it up and share it with your family and your friends. All right, before we get jumping into today's topics, I have a few feedback statements from our listeners. The first one comes from Kimberly. Kimberly, Kimberly, Kim, Kim, Kimberly. That was the name of the Pink Power Rangers on uh, the Pink Power Ranger on the show Power Rangers that came out whenever I was in elementary school. Kimberly, yeah, so shout out to Kimberly. Uh, she says, thank you so much for your awesome podcast. As a stay-at-home mom, listening to this podcast is my me time. Well, God bless you because I know you need that because, man, being a mom is a full-time job. When I can learn more about my faith, I pray that if my husband and I are down south and in your neighborhood, we may get to see you praying mass. That would be awesome. After hearing the recent podcast with a question from Our Lonely Sister in Christ, it really hit home for me on her questions and your responses. I remembered how tough it was to be alone with no boyfriend. Most of my closest friends were married by the early ages of 19 to 22. I still remember being in college and going to adoration thinking, I'm never going to find him. Little did I know that God, Jesus, was so good to me. You see, the more I prayed and went to Mass, did adoration for my future husband, I found out that I would learn more about the Trinity and our faith. I found true happiness with God. This was something that I thought was unreal, but I'm telling you, it's pretty awesome to know how much God loves you and wants you to be truly happy. By the time I was teaching a few years later, I was still not dating anyone, but was completely happy. Today, I can honestly say that our marriage of two years is saved knowing God is a sinner for my husband and I. God is perfect and can give you true happiness. So I just hope that this is an encouragement to follow what Father Josh had advised by finding great friends with similar beliefs and learning about God more. Please, please do it. Your life, future marriage will be so complete. Yeah, Kimberly, Jesus Christ is sufficient. You're right. God is enough. Uh, yeah, that's the goal of the spiritual life. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? For the kingdom of God right? shall be theirs because why? Because they're not grasping at anything outside of God. Jesus Christ is enough. We don't need Jesus and a ministry, Jesus and a great spiritual life, Jesus and a man or a woman to make us happy. God is enough. All right, our second feedback comes from Meg. Meg writes this, I am a brand new Catholic. I'm a convert of 2018. Shout out to those new 
converts. Uh, and I sometimes get overwhelmed with how much I don't know about our faith. Look, me too, Meg. I'm still learning as well. Even after reading dozens of books in the past years, the way you break down topics into approachable discussions is so helpful. Anyway, the main reason I wanted to write you is to say thank you for constantly talking about how much time you spend in the Adoration Chapel. I'm convinced that time with Christ in the Blessed Sacrament has the power to change not only our personal lives, but also the whole world. I have found the more time I spend with Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, the more I crave being in his presence. Imagine what would happen if all Christians could find a way to spend some time with him there every week. Every time you mention a revelation or an experience or a story that has to do with adoration, my heart just bursts with joy. Truly, seeking out Christ in his humble glory and adoration changes everything. Thank you, thank you for talking about that often on your show. Grace and peace to you today, Father. You're my prayers. Thank you, Meg. Keep praying for me that I'll be faithful to Jesus, who is always faithful to me. Uh, yeah, adoration is so good. Adoration, like going to adoration is like going to a really nice steak restaurant. Like imagine you go to this really good steak restaurant and they bring you this like super juicy steak and it's like sizzling on the plate and it looks good and it smells good. And then imagine looking at that steak for like 30 minutes without eating it. Man, you are going to begin to salivate. Get in my belly. Get in my belly, steak. Right? And you're going to tear it up. That's what adoration is. You go to adoration and you look at Jesus for like 30 minutes to an hour. And then you're like, man, no. Get in my belly, Lord. I need you, Jesus. Get in my belly. I want to become one with him, right? It's not enough to just look at him. I'm like, I want to be one with you, Lord. And that's what he allows us to do at Mass. So shout out to Jesus and Eucharistic Adoration and the gift of salivating over the Lord. All right, let's uh, get jumping into today's questions. Our first question is about the afterlife. It comes from Andrea. Andrea says this, Can we lose our salvation? I know some other denominations teach you cannot lose it, but what do we as Catholics believe? That's a great question, Andrea. I remember many years ago I was doing hospital ministry in Houston, Texas, Benz and Lexus, catch me on the freeway driving. Um, so anyways, I was, I, was in, uh, I was in Houston, and I was doing hospital ministry. And, um, and as I was doing this hospital ministry, I would uh, go every morning to the chapel, and I would spend time on my knees before the tabernacle. This chapel, uh, even though the, the hospital was Methodist, they had a Catholic um, chapel in it. It was really cool. So the Blessed Sacrament was there. And so every morning I would get to work a little bit early and spend a sufficient amount of time with Jesus. And I look, shout out to, uh, who is it? They just give me that question. Meg? Yeah, look at Meg. I'm already talking about the Eucharist already. And so I, uh, I was sitting with the Eucharist every morning, and it was like an ecumenical uh, ministry where I worked with other denominations, Protestants and everybody else. And one of the ministers was a Baptist, and he would see me praying a lot. And so one day he came up to me and he said, I noticed that you spend a lot of time in the chapel. Is that one of the rules that you have to obey in your Catholic seminary? And I said, rules? No, I said, I spend time with Jesus in the chapel because I, I'm in love. And I want to spend time with the one who I love, Jesus. So that's why I spend all that time there is because he's my everything. I just, I love the Lord and I want as much one-on-one -on -one time with him as possible. He said, really? You're in love with Jesus? I said, yeah. And I said, even if it was a rule, I would still do it. 
out of love. All right, rules aren't necessarily bad. Rules can help us to grow in our relationship with God. And so he asked me. He says, "So the way you're talking, it sounds like it sounds like you're saved." And I, I said, "That's an inter- interesting statement." You know, he said, "So are you saved?" And I said, "Well, yeah. I mean, for Catholics, salvation is something that is past tense." It's a present tense, and it's a future tense. See, for him, salvation was once saved, always saved, right? But for us, it's a little bit different. See, St. Luke writes in the Acts of the Apostles, the past event of Jesus' saving death and resurrection that has redeemed humanity. In Acts chapter 4, 12, St. Luke writes that there is no salvation through anyone else, nor is there any other name under heaven given to the human race by which we are saved. St. Peter writes, though, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, this is one of my favorites, the experience of knowing the flood recounted in the Old Testament, prefigured baptism, he said, baptism saves you now. That's a present tense saved that St. Paul writes about, I mean that St. Peter writes about, but St. Paul also writts about a present tense saved uh, in Corinthians 15, 2. He says, through the gospel, you are also being saved present tense, being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, right? So we're being saved, right? It's something that's happening right now. And then also, being saved is described in the Bible as a future event that will be experienced only by those who are found faithful to Jesus the Christ at the end of our lives. Both the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark, Matthew 10.22 and Mark 13.13, that's super easy to remember. Uh, The Gospel writers teach us that whoever endures to the end will be saved, and the one who perseveres to the end will be saved, right? So like any relationship, we got to put in our work. We got to cooperate with God's grace daily if we want to be saved at the end of our lives. Jesus is not going to force us to be in heaven. He's not going to force us to stay. Just because I come into a relationship with Jesus Christ today doesn't mean he's going to say, okay, now you have to stay. God lets us come and go as we please. If I say, God, I'm done with you, I want to leave you, he's going to let me because love only invites. Love only proposes. Love never imposes. Love, authentic love, never forces. Judas entered into a relationship with Jesus for years, and it was he was in a relationship with him. And then at some point he said, I don't want to be in a relationship with God anymore, and he walked away. God didn't say, okay, no, Judas, you must stay. You must stay. I chose you. You dwelled with me. No, he's let, he let him go, right? So God is not going to ever make us uh, make us choose him. He gives us the free, the free choice to say yes today and yes tomorrow and yes the next day. I, I've known so many people who have walked with the Lord and something happened in their lives and they walked away. Uh, they never expected they would walk away when they first came to him, but they did. And so it's an ongoing thing. It's a, it's a struggle. It's a relationship. So essentially, the Catholic Church would teach this, that we've been saved when Jesus Christ redeemed humanity through his death on the cross for us 2,000 years ago on Calvary. We're being saved when we struggle with the grace of God to intentionally walk with Jesus every day, specifically when we lean into the word inscribed the sacred scriptures, the word made flesh, the blessed sacrament, and of course, the word among us, the poorest of the poor. And we hope to be saved when Jesus comes again at the end of time for the final judgment, and we certainly pray daily for the grace to persevere in our walk toward eternity. All right. So what do y'all think? Do y'all have any additional advice? Do y'all have any additional comments? 
Any additional questions to follow up with Andrea? Hit me up at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. Our next question comes in from Maria. Maria, Maria. Hey, you remind me of a West Side story. Oh, sun's better on. Living a life just like a movie star. Oh, hey, Maria, Maria. Shout out to Carlos Santana. Yo, Carlos Santana, I saw a picture of his wife on Google. Man, that sister looks good for her age. I, I think she's like a lot older than she looks, but she looks good. Shout out to all the sisters out there because black don't crack. Uh, actually, you know what? Black really don't crack. Have you ever heard about St. Josephine Bakita? St. Josephine Bakita is a saint and she's incorruptible. Literally, that means her body never decayed. Hashtag black don't crack. Right? <laughs> Looks good. So Maria asked this question. Uh, how does one quit smoking for good? What are some good strategies for coping with withdrawal? Are there any verses that you could recommend for inspiration? Yeah, so great, great question, Maria. Um, so first of all, I just want to encourage you, do not put a timetable on your sobriety. Uh, that, that's just an, that's unhealthy, in my opinion, to put a timetable on whenever you're going to find freedom from smoking cigarettes. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about cigarettes for good. Yeah, probably. You're probably talking about cigarettes. Let's just assume you're talking about cigarettes. Uh, yeah, freedom happens over time, right? For all of us, it's different. It's either going to happen in this lifetime or in purgatory, but freedom is real. It will happen eventually, but we don't need to worry about when. We just worry about the present moment. What are we doing right here and right now? The key is to struggle right now. Struggle and struggle well. So first, ask yourself the question, does smoking cigarettes... Uh, draw me closer to being the greatest saint I can be, going out of myself, making a gift to myself or others? Or does it limit me from being able to be the greatest saint that I could potentially be and making an authentic gift of myself for other people in my community? If it limits us from making an authentic gift of ourselves to other people in our community, and of course, most importantly, uh, with God, uh, because of the way it might cause us to be tired or we get out of breath, or we get stinky breath, uh, what do we do? Well, a few things I would encourage you. Number one, old school fasting. I'm going to talk about fasting a lot on this show. I think we really got to get back to the practice of fasting. Again, as Catholics, we've become kind of lazy. We fast during Lent only. But traditionally, we also like are supposed to fast a lot in Advent season, and then at least weekly as well. And so again, Fast from other good things that, again, give you pleasure because there's some sense of pleasure that you receive from smoking cigarettes. And so you want to fast from other good things that give you pleasure as well. The more often that you fast from good things that give you pleasure, the more you're going to be able to potentially fast from things that you consider to be bad for you. In this case, I believe you're considering cigarettes to be bad for you. And so in order to fast from smoking cigarettes, try fasting from other things as well. Say no. Learn how to have control over your body. Have control over your desires. Have control over your emotions. Allow your reason to begin to regain control over all of that 
which starts in and through fasting. So start small, fast from music in the car when you drive to and from work, fast from your favorite TV show, fast from the hot shower, take a cold shower or a cold bath, take an ice bath, how about that? Now that might kill you, don't do that. But just fast from other things first, then get to food, get to drink, and then eventually we'll apply that to smoking. As you fast, I would also encourage you to maybe add sunflower seeds to your diet, like chew on the sunflower seeds and spit them out. Some people have found that to be helpful. Also, get an accountability partner. Like no man and no woman, no person is an island. We can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. We try to do this thing, but we ain't going to get on our own. Nope. So we need other people. We need other people to check on us, to hold us accountable in our walk towards sobriety from that which we are trying to um, experience of freedom um, in that area of our life. And so invite your family members, invite your community, invite your roommates, invite other people to check on you um, consistently. Give them the freedom to, to, to have those conversations with you. And then also potentially ask them to like throw away your lighters and anything that might um, might help you to smoke. Also, give alms to the poor. The money that you're going to use to buy cigarettes, start allocating that money to giving away to poor people. The more money you give away to poor people and those in need, those who are sick, those who are suffering, the less you're going to have in your wallet and the less likely you're going to have an occasion to spend it on yourself. Think. Thinking is important as well. Think about your death and how cigarettes are known to cause serious illnesses, right? In history, it's just a historical reality. Um, And how cigarettes could potentially um, cause your death. And you might leave behind family, you might leave behind friends, you might leave behind people who who really need you to help them to grow closer to Jesus in this life and thus for all eternity. Uh, Read scriptures. I believe Nehemiah 8.10 is a good scripture to, to pray with. And finally, pray. Pray for the grace to experience freedom, freedom from unhealthy habits. So that's my advice to you, Maria, and hopefully you find it helpful. What do y'all think? Do y'all, any of y'all who smoke cigarettes and who've given up smoking, do y'all have any additional advice? Um, I know one of my buddies did those. Um, I'm not going to give the name of the patch, but it's like the patch you put on you. And it, uh, maybe it's just a patch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or was it a, a pill? Whatever it was, it gave him like crazy nightmares. Like dude was tripping straight up. Like he would like have crazy nightmares and stay up all night. So uh, those things can be helpful for some people. And some people it makes them go kind of cuckoo for a Cocoa Puffs. What do y'all think though? Do y'all have any additional advice? Hit me up. Ask Father Josh at AscensionPress.com. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note, send it to me as well. We can play it on the show. Also, please rate and review us on iTunes to help other people find out about the show. Our last question comes from a working mom. A working mom writes this, I'm a mom to a toddler and I teach at a university. Lots of days, all the days, 
I feel like maybe my callings are in conflict. Like it's hard to figure out how much, how such demanding things could go together and there still be any time any of me left at the end of the day. I'm grateful that my primary vocation is marriage. The sacrament is powerful and healing and joyful beyond anything I could have imagined. But being a working mom, these are two things I've discerned with my spiritual director I should be doing. But how? Great question, working mom. And so, I mean, clearly, uh, you're going to have to continue to like do that with your spiritual director because that's not me. But as uh, another priest and brother and father, uh, maybe I can give you some some tools. First, I just want to reverence you and every single mom out there, both stay-at-home moms and working moms. God bless y'all. At the more I have entered into relationships with women who have uh, young babies and toddlers and little kids, the more I've just begun to man, just respect y'all so much. Y'all go through so much. Your bodies go through so much. As a guy, I cannot ever know how difficult it is and how emotionally draining and physically draining it is on you and just exhausting uh, on your bodies and just the wear and tear that you go through as mothers. And so thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your maternity. I reverence you. I am grateful for you. Uh, So I just want to encourage you that if you're feeling exhausted, you're not the only one. There are a lot of moms out there right now who are with you and you're not a bad mom because the laundry's not done and the dishes haven't been washed and the the toast is always burnt. <laughs> a burnt toast is better than no toast. So just just give yourself a break and reverence your heart because there's so much that y'all go through as moms and as working moms that I, I just don't think that as men were ever going to be able to really grasp. So thank you, first of all. Now, just simple discernment tools, because I'm not a mom, uh, So and I would never be a mom. Uh, so and I, yeah, I can just give you some discernment tools that might be universal and helpful for you and other people as well. So uh, when discerning how can I do well in my vocation as a mother and as a university professor, uh, I would say... Look at every other invitation that comes your way, even in the university that you teach at, um, and ask yourself these three questions. Is this invitation important and urgent? Is this invitation important and not urgent? And is this invitation not important and not urgent? All right. So like, think about what's something as a mother of a toddler that's important and urgent always? Well, if your toddler is screaming at 3 a.m. in the morning uh, and that's going to cause you to get out of bed, you're certainly not going to be passionate about getting out of bed at 3 a.m. in the morning, but that is very important and very urgent, right? Your baby needs you for survival. So, yeah, super important, super urgent. But what is important but not urgent? Um, I don't know. You discern that for yourself. Like for me, what is important and not urgent would be um, if someone just went through a breakup and they need to talk to me, it's important because they're, they're hurting, but it ain't urgent. What's urgent for me is the sacraments. Someone is dying and needs the sacraments. That's important and urgent for me. It's not important and urgent to, um, to go and give someone time because they just went through a breakup. They can wait a week. They can spend time with Jesus for a week and then come see me. Right. And then look at the third one. Is this not important and not urgent? Once we know what's not important and not urgent for us, that can help us eliminate so much unnecessary work in our life. 
so much unnecessary work, even with your baby. Like what is not important, not urgent about your time with your child? What are things that you do now that you don't have to do? Well, then don't do them, right? Um, there are certain things that I'm invited to do that, quite frankly, because of the fact that I'm a pastor now, they're just not important to me or urgent, and someone else can do them, and they could do them well. And so I just let other people do things because I have to prioritize my time to feed my people sacramentally, and that's what's most important to me. And so I just would invite you to, to look at those three questions and come up with your own answers uh, and then try to live out that rule um, as best you can, but recognize that life is going to continue to throw you curveballs and the unexpected will continue to happen uh, with your two-year-old and any other kids that you have in the future. And also the university with all the students that you're being a mother to over there. So, yeah, just be reverent with yourself and recognize that sometimes stuff just won't happen. At the end of the day, you're called to be a saint, and saints didn't have all their stuff like together all the time. Just so let let stuff go. Just let it go. Let it go at times. So hopefully that was helpful for you and other moms, stay-at-home moms, and working moms. All right, so that brings us to the end of today's show. Regardless of what your circumstances are, here are some things I think everyone can take away from today's questions. Universal point about salvation is that we can have a certain hope that we're going to be saved at the end of our lives if we say yes today. Like say yes today in little ways to Jesus so that when it comes to that big event, our death, we'll be able to say yes then as well. So yes in little ways will lead to a big yes in the future. A universal point about smoking cigarettes, be patient with yourself. Freedom typically happens gradually over time, even if that means that it's going to happen in purgatory. And finally, universal point for working moms, reverence yourself if you're struggling. You're not alone. The reality is your vocation is hard, and it's so often... um, a vocation that goes without thanks. So I just want to say to you today that God sees all those things that you do for your family and for the people that you encounter at work, and he loves you and he's grateful for you, and I I thank you as well. So thank you so much. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This prayer comes from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interest. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things. Endures all things. Amen. All right, y'all. Don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes and send me more questions at AskFatherJosh at AssistantPress.com. God bless. 